Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and they have been since 1972, as I watch the snow continue to fall outside appropriate for an avalanche podcast denver rubber company has you covered for anything and everything snow plows they can give you snow plow blades cut blades cut to any length or mounted to meet whatever your specifications might be they're even double-sided so you can use it on one side and you have twice as much to use when you flip it over can store it in the garage over the winter and use it over the winter over the summer i hope you're using it in the winter and use it next winter as well Uh, you can buy for yourself and of course buy in bulk and a fantastic rate all the way through. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and let them know who sent you. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over a thousand different varieties of beer to try. I was actually just working on ordering my next order of Breck Brew from them because I am fully out of beer. This is the last beer in the house and it's not even a Breck Brew. So I need to get restocked. There you go. Drew's got the Avalanche on tap ready to go for you there. Uh, give them a try. Locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, both you can pick up or get delivery from either. Great deals all the way around. It's a Thursday, which means we will be answering your questions today. As always, it's myself, AJ Hafley, and joining us, Drew Creaseman, the avalanche in the crease man himself, ready to... Well, some of these are hockey questions. Some will get a little bit interesting. Uh, We're going to start off with a hockey question, though. This one coming from the ever-present Luke from Winnipeg. He asks, how did Kadri do this year? What did he bring to the team? And if his production continues, do they try to extend him knowing Newhook is coming in the future? Uh, I think Kadri was as advertised. Uh, he was everything that they needed to help solidify uh, their center, one-two center uh, depth, and and force teams to contemplate how they wanted to defend Colorado. Because last year it was very easy. You could send all of the top defensive matchups and save all of them for just McKinnon. Um no offense to Kerfoot and Soderberg and those cats, but Kadri just brings a different element than those guys. And I thought that he did exactly what they exactly what they got him for. All right. So he did what he was expected to do. For for Drew, what were your feelings on Kadri over the year? I know a little bit of a raw take. Kadri's the man. 
Kadri's the he's the heart and soul of the whole team, as far as I'm concerned. He's <laughs> he's exactly what they need. He's the missing link when he's not out there on the ice. He's the only guy who can win a face off, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he's the enforcer that they needed, but in a smart way and picking his spots. Uh, yeah, no, actually, um, in, in reality, he does feel like the prototypical uh, pro athlete who, when he's there, you don't necessarily think a ton of him. You notice the things he's doing well and and certain things like that, but he's one of those guys you really notice when he's not around all the things that he, he does for you. And and I think there are a lot of those guys in pro sports and I do kind of have a soft spot in my heart for those guys. Plus he scored the first goal in the first live game I ever went to. So I'm a cadre guy, but um, I like athletes who, who play the way he plays all out all the time. Uh, you, you never have to question whether or not he showed up to play that day. All right. Yeah. Never backs down from anything for sure. I think is a, a fair take. I think that Kadri's most memorable moment this year was beating an NHL punishment out of Ryan Lindgren. Yeah. After he concussed Donskoy. And that was the reason that was one of those things that endears you to a fan base when you're a new guy. And I think yeah. that was probably the play that was like, okay, Avstands love this dude now. Left fist department of right fist player safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, literally, I that they guy were going to punish him. Yep. They were going to punish him, and then it was like, oh, well, he's out with a concussion himself because Kadri beat him up so badly that we don't we don't need to bother with this. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well. Pretty much. <laughs> I guess I guess players can police the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when it's a guy who doesn't know how to fight, that's laying the big hits anyway. <laughs> Which I guess could be said for Zadorov kind of as well. But... Yeah. Um all right. Next question. This comes from Espros. These first two were submitted on the DNVR website. As always, if you want to make sure your question gets asked, submit there. This one is Espros. He asks, why was the 48-point team, 48 team so bad? I'm not going to go into too much detail on this one, but my main answer to this is because Drew Creaseman wasn't watching. Agreed. It, uh, you're still undefeated at the Pepsi Center, or the Avs are still undefeated at the Pepsi Center when you're there, correct? That's true. So that That's 100% true. Can I take a stab at this one without knowing anything about the team? Absolutely. Please do. I'm going to say bad players. Off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I need to get more complicated than that. I'm going I'm to say that team wasn't good on account of uh, a lack of overall talent. I mean, definitely part of it. I think there's a lot of factors more than that that play in. But yes, uh, that definitely holds water when you're playing uh, defensive pairings of Cody Golubuff and Eric Jelena. Things get get a little sideways (laughs) as AJ just face palmed. So basically the point that I wanted to make with this question is that team was very, very bad. But the reason that they went from very bad to borderline historically bad is they were also extremely unlucky on top of being bad. They did not catch a break ever, all season long. So it it is what it is. The one game that I always point to, to that, that said this is the 16-17 avalanche. 
it was not the Blake away, which maybe was the single moment that best encapsulated. That Indeed. Team. But the game that just felt the most like, come on, this is insane, was the home game against the Calgary Flames, where they scored two goals off of Francois Beauchemin's skates, where it was just like random deflections, right? One of them hit two things on the way to Beauchemin's skate, then hit his skate and went in. And the other one that really just made me facepalm before they scored a legitimate goal, before they scored, like before they just beat poor Calvin Pickard, was the, the goal where it hits off the back. It hits off the, the glass behind the net. Yep. Takes a funny bounce, goes over the back of the net, hits Pickard on his nameplate while he's trying to back in and prevent that from happening and falls into the net. And they were no. down. And you're just like, this is insane, dude. Cursed it was season. The, yeah. It was the perfect encapsulation of this team is not only like, this team is plenty bad, but they are insanely outrageously hilariously unlucky to boot and when they were stacking up when when the red wings were doing whatever they want to call this here they were there were a lot of people that were comparing how bad the 16 17 abs were with this year's red wings team and this that abs team didn't even compare the underlying numbers weren't even close that was a much better team than this year's Red Wings team. Yep. But it was the PDO where it was like, their PDO was like 960-something. Like yeah, it, was it was awful. So low. It was just, it, they were so unlucky. And they were plenty bad. And like, we, we talked about this the other day, Rudo. The, uh, their their goaltending tandem for like 50 games was Calvin Pickard and Jeremy Smith. Yep. Neither of whom are NHL goaltenders. They're bad. Uh, Best backups and realistically probably not even NHL backups. Yeah. They're I mean they're at best what we've seen them in their career. They're AHL goaltenders. Yep. So and they played the bulk of Colorado's games that year. Like Varley was plenty bad. But when he went down and had surgery, oh my gosh. It was brutal. And there was there was a stretch in that season where Jeremy Smith was the abs starter. Like no team is gonna win many games with that, so it is what it is. Um, next question. They were down two nothing to start every yeah, game. The it was so dumb. games were over by the middle of the second period, almost regularly. So, um, yeah. next question comes from our live chat. If you are not watching this live, you can in the future at Twitch.tv/dnvr_sports. You can help support us there. Highly recommend it with a follow, or if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free and it really helps out the channel and us especially during these quarantine times would highly appreciate it at least you checking it out uh this one comes from spencer he asks if the abs do indeed draft a defenseman in the first round this coming draft could we be talking about potentially using connor timmons as a trade chip i think the answer there is yes potentially even if they don't draft a defenseman right the answer is yes but they're not connected that's that's fair to say. Just yeah. given the way things have shaped up, they're already looking to move out one defenseman to make room for Byram, who we'll get to later in this show. Um, it, Timmons, is, it's just there's people in front of him. It is what it is. Yeah. 
And Timmons, Timmons is, I don't know how we should really do a whole pod just on Timmons at this point, because yeah. how we feel about Timmons after everything that's happened, you know, the, the great D plus one year missing an entire year with a concussion. And then, uh, a, a, he finally gets to play, but he suffered, has more injury issues. And then a pandemic shuts down his first true pro season. What even is his upside? What are we waiting on? What are we, how excited are we about him in this landscape now after everything that we know? You know, where do we see the upside? Where's, where, what is, what do we view his role in this organization as moving forward? Because I think over time it's changed a lot and we just sort of gloss over it a lot when we talk about him because we're like, well, he's their top D prospect behind Byram, but Byram is there and Byram will be on the team next year. Yeah. And I mean, you get into interesting conversations, as you said. He really only has one pro season under his belt, and he'll be 22 next year, which isn't old by any means. But, right. you know, the clock is ticking. But you you consider he has 42 pro games played. Right, at age 22. He turned, he turned pro two years ago. Yep. So the situation is definitely a strange one. Yeah, uh, I just think that... I think our expectations of him as a player have probably moved, and we haven't really gotten into it. So keep an eye out for that. We'll likely do a pod on that coming up in next week sometime, something like that. Uh, but we're going to take our first break here as it is time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. Uh, the Breck Brew Farmhouse is an awesome place to visit when it opens back up. But in the meantime, you can still head down there and pick up your Breckenridge brews like the Avalanche Amber Ale that Drew is showing off, as well as pick up a meal. It's a great place to swing by for lunch, get your beer for the evening, and you can get $5 off the lunch meal when you use code DNVR for your pickup. You can call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. to schedule your pickup and get everything all scheduled there. Or if you can't make it out, you could, excuse me, burping on my beer here, you can always order a 15-can sampler through Drizzly. Get your brick brew one way or another and help support our partners during this quarantine. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo, AJ, and Drew. Uh, This next question also comes from the live chat real quick. Not sure if we'll have anything to really say about it. Uh, Judeman5000 asks, are any of the Avs friends with other players that might surprise us? Like, is Landy somehow buddies with Kachuk? Um, I don't know of any anymore. I know Barry was very big friends with uh, Jamie Benn for a long time, but obviously no longer an av there. Yeah, I know um, Landis Gog and Eric Gustafsson are boys. But the yeah, Swedish connection there. there, yeah. Yeah, they grew up playing together, Yep. Um, apparently, is what Landy told me, uh, and that he was one of, uh, Gus was one of his groomsmen at his wedding a couple years ago. So very tight then. Yeah, which was, which was the reason I talked about them going after him as a free agent if... Uh, if it got to that point. Yep. Makes sense to me. Um, Fly by Cygnus got 21 Breck brews delivered yesterday by Davidson. Look at that boy go. That's that's what I'm talking about right there. I should do that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it as soon as this podcast ends. I'm saying. Um, next up. What 
don't waste no time. <laughs> yeah, the mid-pod order coming in right now. Um, go. Next question. Promo code. <laughs> David says you go on the app and sign up for their loyalty program. That's how That's you get the right. deals. Get the loyalty program. Uh, the next question is an interesting one all the way around. This comes from the incredible Steph. Which two current abs players would pilot the best Jaeger in the Pacific Rim universe? So if you don't know what that is, basically mm. giant mechanical robot that is powered by two people. Mm. Uh, if you don't know what that is, can't help bored. you. Yeah. Let's fix this. Go watch Pacific Rim. <laughs> and which duo from an opposing NHL team would be their rival Jaeger? Uh, so for me, I have Calton Francos. Okay. A little bit of a, a the check connection, obviously, but yeah, going with the bromance. See, so what's what's their Jaegers like? Special talents? They have a sword? Do they just punch people? Uh, I think it's a giant teddy bear that giggles a lot <laughs> and really high <hyper, laughs> that disables the other one. Wow. Um. Okay. See, I went with uh, Belmar and Calvert because of the on-ice connection that they have and the quality of play this year. <laughs> and their guy's just a total, like, scrapper. He doesn't have any special abilities or anything. He just runs into people constantly until they break down. <laughs> he's the – he's he, they, they comprise the little Mac Yeager. Yes, basically. Exactly right. <laughs> Respect. I dig it. Uh-huh. I'm going Gerard and Burra. Okay. I want a speed power combination. I want a I want a dynamic here. I want big guy, little guy. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking for them to bring different strengths to the table. Uh, I think they're going to work well together. I want uh, offense, offensive man, uh, an offense hockey guy and a defense hockey guy. I believe those are the technical terms. This Jaeger 100% just spins and hurls boulders at people off of a spin. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sam, spinniest Jaeger of all time. Hashtag spinny Jaeger. <laughs> Hashtag spinny Jaeger. Cygnus in the chat says, what about turn and burn in a Jaeger? Could be interesting. Um, oh. Fast and spinny. <laughs> as well if you want to go with two defensemen um any uh opposing rivalry jaegers from other teams no all right i got this one don't worry the the old broken down jaeger in the corner that barely functions anymore is Suter and parise oh that's cold-blooded <laughs> <laughs> can they be from different teams sure there are no the limits. Brothers. Yeah, the Kachuk Brothers is a good one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going how about uh, how about Matt Duchesne and whoever's standing next to Matt Duchesne? <laughs> I like I like the Kachuk Brothers because I think that they would just blast uh, Rick Astley the entire time. Their uh, their Jaeger's superpower is just trolling people. Exactly. <laughs> you let you down. And then it would do the dance. It would like uh, yeah. it, would, it would do all the dance moves to the song. The hand then... shimmy. 
and then that would beat, beat them. It would beat the opponent into uh, poorly planned attacks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> get Landy to punch him in the head, and he'd get a penalty for it and a suspension. Yeah, Got it. Exactly, a totally antagonistic uh, type of Jaeger that just it exists to troll. Well, yeah, I mean they're not playing anymore, but the Sedines would have been a good one. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, Forsberg and Nasland. Yeah. So, a lot of good answers on that one. I don't... Yeah, Duchesne doesn't have anyone, I think, who would go super well with him, but... You could just make the... Uh, you just play well with others. The Jaeger of, <laughs> that hates itself. It put Duchesne and Patrick that. Waugh together. <laughs> um... I mean, Patrick Walker has an obvious partner. He does? Yeah. It's his ego. Okay, well, yeah. (laughs) Well. Never gonna give you up. (laughs) (laughs) You unleashed a monster. (laughs) Um, Next question that we have. This one comes from Excuse me. Uh, the GK7. How do y'all think they should determine playoff seeding? We had a couple of other questions about this. As obviously, uh, not all teams finish with the same amount of games played. I'm pretty sure AJ and I agree that they should just do points percentage at this point, since it seems very, very unlikely that they will play more games. Yep, points percentage. So... The AHL already does it that way. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easiest way to jump right into a playoffs as fairly as possible in a, in a situation like this. So that one is what it is. Uh, next up, we have Oro43, who this was really a question we should have answered on our gaming pod that we did earlier. But what is your favorite boss fight from any video game ever? And I'll go if y'all want to think about it. Uh, easily, Ocarina of Time, Ganondorf, the final, not mm. not Ganon, the mm. big monster final final fight, but the fight right before that where you fight Ganondorf at the top of the tower and you play tennis with those balls of light. And it's just, it, it, nowadays it probably wouldn't be nearly as cool with all the crazy stuff that happens in video games, but at the time it like melted my mind into how the mechanics of this fight worked. So, I, that one, for me, will always be at the top of the list. Uh, Sack in the chat says, Senator Armstrong from Metal Gear Revengeance was an, was his top fight as well. So, we've got some Nintendo, we've got some PlayStation. Wow. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> There's so many good ones. So. um, I'm going to go with Magneto at the end of X-Men Arcade. All right. Oh, that's such a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't honestly uh, say I know what that fight's like. So what is it? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Okay. It's hard getting there because every boss, uh, every boss that you beat up to that point, you have to turn around and beat again, two at a time to get there. Gotcha. And 
spoilers, the first time you fight him, it's really just Mystique. So, um, of course, debate. Of course, it is beautiful when you actually get to Mags himself. It's a very tough fight. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's a brawler, so you. It's all about timing, and he's really the only boss that you can't really clutch out by abusing the special power system. That's one where you're going to burn through quarters. You're just you just are. It's too hard. All right. Yeah. The quarter spender. So I have two. I I have two. I have to I have to pick two because one I spent literal years of my young life and many many quarters at a gas station across from this place where my mother worked. Uh, trying to get to and then defeat M. Bison in Street Fighter 2 yeah. Turbo, specifically. Um, and so finally, overcoming Bison as like a 9 or 10-year-old or whatever I was at the time was easily one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. At that time. <laughs> um, and then, and not even just because my mind's in it lately, and we've been talking about it, it's one of my favorite games of all time, but literally... I'd never seen anything like it, and I still think about it a lot. Is the final battle in Final Fantasy VII when you when you face off against Sephiroth, and at one point he summons literal comets and blows up the sun to attack you, and it's it's just so over the top and incredible. Uh, one of the most amazing pieces of video game music that's ever been composed uh, accompanies that fight. Um, so, yeah, uh, super memorable for me. Those two tie. Two very good choices. Hard to argue. <laughs> other ones, other ones that I would consider um, that I just I think deserve uh, some love. The, the final boss in Earthbound. Yes, just a, just a really weird, a really weird, um, out of nowhere, bizarre fight where you're probably gonna die a few times just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> Can I? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, can I choose just every fight in Shadow of the Colossus? Ooh. Yeah, I thought about Shadow of the Colossus as well, trying to pick between which one. Yeah, I thought the first one was probably my favorite because that's when it the first time that you're like, oh my god. Yeah, where you're yeah. like, that's what this game is. It's it's very also yeah. shout out. Um, oh, go ahead, go Fisher. It's it's just it's just an emotional moment. Yeah, because you're just like, yep. oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay. And the final one is so just the most enormous thing in my mind. It's still I know in video games I've seen bigger, more impressive things, but in my mind, the final boss in Shadow of the Colossus is the most impressive uh, creature, character, thing I've ever seen on screen. Um. I just also wanted to give a shout out to Master Hand. I always thought yeah. that was an extraordinarily clever way uh, to create a final boss for uh, their whole idea of them playing with toys. And at the end, you yeah. fight the, the hand. Brilliant. Very good fight, for sure. Um, yeah. Dracula from the original Castlevania. Yep. We could keep going, but this Dr. is a, Wiley. Okay. This is an abs <laughs> pod at the end of the day, unfortunately. Okay. Um, so we do have to move on. Matt Duchesne. Yeah, Matt Duchesne. <laughs> As the, the Stanley Cup, the abs are undefeated against that final boss. So, uh, 
Uh, this one comes from the live chat. Bug Eater Joe asks, what's your favorite Avs name of all time? And gives Chris Dingman was a pretty knockout as an example. Dingman. <laughs> um, well, I always thought Per Ladine was a cool name. Per Ladine. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he was the dude from the Swedish league that used to do push-ups on the ice as a goal celebration. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so mine's a little bit weird. I'm gonna say Mark Andre Cliche, only because I would say his last name as cliche, <laughs> and every time he stepped on the ice, it was a cliche. So, Drew, you have about way fewer names than we do to pick from here, but. Here, I'll give you two names. Neither of them are Avs players. I'll give you name thingies, though. One, I'll, I'll give you my answer to this when I'm asked it in baseball world. My favorite Rocky name of all time is Quentin McCracken. You don't need to you, be you just to enjoy that name. You don't need anything. His name is Quentin McCracken, and he was largely a pinch hitter. Uh, all he could do is hit. Fantastic. Uh, and then I tweeted this out yesterday, and this I'm not made. This wasn't just a joke. This literally happened to me because I it like read weird. I saw. Hashtag Stymuluschek was uh, trending. And I was like, what hockey team does Stymuluschek play for? It was hashtag Stimuluschek. Uh, so <laughs> I could not remember which NHL team that guy played for. But I was certain when I looked at it, like, it's like, yeah, the Avs should get Stymuluschek. That sounds good. <laughs> A couple too many uh, Stephon, Eastern Bloc Stephon names. Stimuluschek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quality oh. big big fan of those answers Look what we've done to him uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh all right one more question here for uh period number two as sack thank you so much for the tier one sub uh i guess it got gifted to you by anonymous so thank you anonymous person who gifted Sack a tier one sub. Much appreciated. Big shout out to them. Final question of the second period. Barely even a question, to be honest with you. In three years, what does the Avalanche center depth look like? McKinnon one, Newhick two. I guess the big question there is, is Kadri number three? Or is that Shane Bowers? I think it'll probably be some combination of McKinnon, Kadri, and Newhook. So you think Kadri comes back after this contract? I think there's good reason for him to. Okay. This would be a good place for him to probably finish up. All right. I like that answer. We already know Kadri is Drew's guy, so... I'm sure he's on board with that. Yep. All right. All cadre all day. There you go. You heard it here first from the there breakfast drinker. There was a drinker. debate today during our uh, – oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off you're there. Um, uh, just on that note, there was a debate today during my NHL stream about what should be my first Avs jersey, whether it should be Kadri, Gerard, or Kale McCarr. Uh, so I think we landed on Gerard, actually. 
Boone's got a seven-year contract, but I think it should be Burra as well. <laughs> I'd love to do Burra, but people weren't as excited on that. They really wanted me to get Kale. I was like, everyone's gonna have Kale though. I gotta have my own. I gotta have my own guy. Gerard's a low-key good answer, but your love for Burra, I think, is a little unbridled. <laughs> well, I believe that is correct. Yeah. Like, your first yeah. love should be your first jersey. Mine was Matt right. Duchesne, just to be open about it. <laughs> I mean, I also have a Matt Duchesne jersey in my... I I own two jerseys, which I wish I did not, and they are Matt Duchesne and John Tavares. Wow. AJ, you gotta stop buying jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> actually, um, you don't even know, I actually got a Mark Streit jersey <laughs> about two weeks before he told the Islanders he would never play for them again. <laughs> So you really got to stop getting jerseys. <laughs> the last jersey I bought was the Tavares one. Wow. All Never right. Never even opened it. Never even opened it. <laughs> it's still sitting in its original shirt package. Well, if you're trying to calm yourself down from the anger of buying the wrong jersey, StravaCraft Coffee is rich and CBD-infused coffee that you can now purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, as well as whole bean or ground options as well. You can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 when you purchase, and it gets shipped straight to your door fast and easy. The CBD is not psychoactive, and it's been known to help long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS, many other aches and pains as well. Again, 20% off with code DNVR20, and as always, helping support our partners is supporting us through these quarantine times, so please hit them up. Help us out. Help them out. Everybody wins. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo, Drew, and AJ answering everyone's questions that have been submitted or are asking them in the live chat. Our next question comes from Prince T. He asks, would the Avs versus Tampa, both teams at full strength, be the most fun Stanley Cup final series in team history? And I want to open this up to, just in general, what do you think would be the best two teams ever to go at it in the Stanley Cup finals? Because we had this conversation a little bit about Avs Detroit in the conference finals. They never got to play a cup finals against each other. Yeah, Avs Wings would be a great final. Yep. I I think, in my mind, it's pretty hard to argue with that. Um, modern teams, current day teams, Avs Tampa would be a lot of fun. Yep. I think Avs Pittsburgh would be a lot of fun, too. Nope. No? I don't like that one. Just because you <laughs> think the Avs lose it? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> And I think I think Avs Tampa Bay would just be ten tons of fun, man. It would be it, it would be a perfect example and like this is why you should be a fan of hockey. Yep. The best that hockey can give. Yeah. So hard to hard to argue with that. Watching maybe the two teams that best exemplify what today's game is all about. Yep. Speed I want to ask Penguins because that's when um, Thomas Harding starts texting me because he's a big Penguins guy. <laughs> <laughs> there have been some tough losses to the Penguins this year. Yeah. So I keep getting these condolence texts 
It's like, oh man, that was a great game. Overtime losses are brutal, but X, Y, Z. I was like, whatever, Thomas. And then he tells me about some goalie from the seventies I've never heard of. It's great. Yep. Uh, <laughs> next question comes from Meeks. Are there ever players that teams don't trade for because of black because of bad blood? Like, obviously, the Avs would never have traded for Bertuzzi. Yeah, I think that that definitely is a consideration. Um, you worry about team chemistry when you pick guys up. And yeah. I think that if there's an obvious misfit there, then, yeah. you know, if it's a high-end player, like Bertuzzi during his career, um, we're at his peak, you're selling, you're, you're kind of telling your locker room, like, tough. Yep. But when when we've seen it ignored, we've seen some of the disastrous results. Mm-hmm. Dan Winnick and Kyle Quincy, a great example. Two, two guys who just couldn't stand each other and couldn't stand each other to the point where their first preseason practice, they got into a fight. And, like, that's bad. <laughs> Not great. Not great, yeah. It's not ideal. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, next up, we have a, a question from Cygnus. Um, if you were to make a quarantine house with five abs players uh, in it, who would you choose? I'm assuming this is like Big Brother style. Um, I would choose Jost, Comfort, Gerard, Makar, and Nichushkin. All the young guys and a random Russian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that it's answer. Like a television show. All the all the young guys, all the all the bachelors, and the miss the obvious misfit where you're just like, I have no idea what to expect from this dude. Perfect. Nichushkin's getting voted off immediately, and the other four are just going to split the prize money. Got it. Nichushkin's going to, they're going to try and vote him off, and he's just going to stare at them, and they're going to be like, never mind. I'll vote for somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They've seen him fight, so. True. (laughs) He also knows where they sleep. Yeah, fair enough. He's got that vibe a little bit, maybe. Um,. Okay, next up, we have a question from Sean that is, he says, apologies if you guys have talked about this before, but can you talk about Bowen Byram, a current NHL player comparison, and what his game is like? And names thrown around, I've called him a rich man's Eric Johnson. I think AJ has talked about a little bit of Drew Doughty in him, potentially. Yeah, that was the name I was going to use, was Doughty. Yeah, so... The ceiling is is obviously very very high if you're throwing someone like Drew Doughty's name around. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I think he big Drew would be a, a top two um, a top two defenseman on on this team, and really be the guy that kind of brings it all together as a as a good two way guy. You know, I think Gerard will probably shade more towards the defensive side. Yeah, as he continues to get older, and then Byram, um, Byram can kind of replace what the Abs are getting with EJ right now over time. 
where he can he could be like the third guy for the power play. That as, and then he'll play yeah. on the PK all the time. As you said, that true two way guy like EJ was in his prime. Yeah. And I think I think him the expectation of Byram as a thirty five point guy. Yep. Is, and the the big difference between um Byram and Gerard is that I think Byram will score goals consistently in the NHL. Yeah. I think that definitely he, uh, a better shooter. I, I think that he should be an eight to twelve goal guy every year, and Gerard is more like a four goal guy. Yeah, and McCarr should score like fifteen to twenty. Yeah, obviously, McCarr's in a league of his own there, yeah. for sure. But yeah. I think I think McCarr will. I, I I think that Gerard and Byram combining for what McCarr gives them every year would be a at at all at the peak of their powers would make them extremely formidable. Yep. Okay, so can I can I ask a question then? Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to ask questions on the Q&A pod? I just thought of one because you had mentioned about EJ being in his prime and, and he may be the answer to this question, but I was wondering as somebody who just got into it this year and I'm, I'm watching this version of the abs, who's the player on the team who you most wish I could have seen in their prime? On this year's team, yeah, or or of the yeah, the players I would know. Is there somebody who? I mean, Peter like, Forsberg is you... the correct answer to this right. question. Like, that's why I'm asking. Like this all year's time, team, so all time Forsberg. But I'm kind of asking, yeah, of, of these guys, is there someone I'm watching where you're like, hey, you might like EJ just fine, or you might like um, it's so and so. It is. Yeah, they don't really have a good option for another one because they're just they're just so young, man. Yeah, like. Given that, given that you you've been attracted to the to the flash of players, Colin mm-hmm. Wilson wouldn't be your kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, EJ, EJ was just very different in his prime. Not technically a correct answer to the question you asked, but prime Varley with the abs, I think you would have liked quite a bit. He was a lot of fun to watch. Very athletic, side to side, and the stare. Yeah, that he would give. He would give shoes mm. when he was in the zone, and the the camera would cut to you could see in the mask, and he would just be, and it was just terrifying. <laughs> uh, that sounds like my kind of dude. Yeah, Varley was a lot of Varley in his prime was real. He was a real treat to watch. Yep. So good question. I like that one. Yeah. Um, one final question to wrap things up. Drew, I know you don't watch Letterkenny, but for AJ and I, best characters on Letterkenny and characters you wish would just go away. This one coming from JT. Um, I'm I'm pretty vanilla. I love the main cast all the way around. Uh, Wayne, Daryl, Katie, and uh, Squirrely Dan. Squirrely Dan is my favorite. Um, he just he just makes me laugh. I really like. Daryl the most but and Katie when she's doing things is a very good character as well yeah which she doesn't do things that often in the show other than just sit there I can infer only one thing from that (laughs) like 75% of her job on the show is to sit there and be very attractive (laughs) but there are worse jobs to have 
<laughs> yes, you there are. Got it, man. Milk it. <laughs> yep. So we're we're pretty simple with the letter, Kenny. None of this uh, upcountry degens for us. No, I'm good. Um, no idea what you're talking. About. <laughs> least favorite, least favorite character. Um, I really, I don't, I, I can't even remember his name. Not Stuart, but his buddy. The one who, every time somebody says his name, he says it. He also says it in a really high pitched way. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they're both really annoying, dude. I don't like either one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but it's it, for me the whole the this is and this will be unpopular. Um, but the whole Shorzy stick just drives me crazy. I didn't hate it at first, but I did feel like they overdid it a little bit. Same with like it. It was fine, like the first couple of times, and it was like spread out. Yeah, and then it was like every episode they would spend like two minutes on it, and I was like, same thing with the uh, the coach of the the senior team, where like every scene, his only bit was to tell him how embarrassing it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kick, uh, kick the trash yeah, down. like it was great the first three times, but then yeah. you kept doing it. So, yeah, the the whole um, the whole Shorzy thing though, I just it got like it was clever writing, and there and it's it, like if you were to write everything down that gets said during that, it's pretty funny. But it's just like God, this is exhausting every episode. Yep, <laughs> this little shtick that should be like a quick hit. It it just started to take up more and more time. Right. Well. On that note, I think we're pertin' there done with this episode. Uh, that was hard to listen to. <laughs> my <laughs> my backwoods Canada accent needs some work. Uh, sorry, Letter Kenny. Anyway, I, I guess we're going to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. We do this show every week on Thursday nowadays, so be sure to get your questions in on the website if you want them answered. Also, show up for the live chat, and we'll do our best to answer your questions there. Thank you for listening. For Drew and AJ, I've been Rudo, and we will see you on the next one. Mile High Green Cross is the place you can still go to pick up all of your marijuana needs, and you can get 20% off your entire purchase when you sign up for their loyalty program, and you'll get that once every single month. They're conveniently located on 9th and Broadway. You can get in and out as quick as possible. Obviously, in in these times, you want to be able to do what you can while you can and and take care of it quickly. So, yep, get on it. Support them. Support us. Y'all know the drill by now and just get that 20% off with their loyalty program. D-M-D-R Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. D-M-D-R Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. D-M-D-R Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. D-M-D-R Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo.